Turning your Bibles, if you will, to the book of Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. Boys and girls, ages four years old through kindergarten, you may go to Children's Church this morning. And grades first grade through fourth grade may go to Junior Church. Next Sunday, we will be having... um, Children's Church and Junior Church for uh, all children up through sixth grade for the whole service. So, um, parents, you please be aware of that. And uh, next Sunday, you can uh, let your kids uh, go to that before service starts. Uh, next Sunday being Easter, we'll do that to um, a special time for them and an opportunity to have a few more seats uh, because of the folks that will probably be here next week. So, should have received an outline in your bulletin. If you did not, if you'll raise your hand, uh, one of our ushers will get you one of those here momentarily. You know, we often do want to do things our way, don't we? Uh, unfortunately, uh, or fortunately, however you want to look at it, we, have, we are determined to do things our way, and uh, we need to come to a point where we realize that our way leads to death, God's way leads to life. Amen. And we make that decision and we make that turn in our lives. One of the places that we like to do things our way is in relationships. We've been talking about uh, having good, healthy, productive relationships and and how do we do that. We've been talking about that for the past five weeks. So this morning, we're going to wrap up our series on relationships. Uh, I I don't know uh, if if that excites you or makes you sad. I know I, I... my wife showed me on Facebook that one of you posted and said, uh, Pastor, thank you for preaching on relationships. My kids are cleaning up their rooms. My husband's doing the dishes and the laundry. Keep preaching, Pastor. So uh, <laughs> I thank you, uh, Jennifer Navarro, for that. So um, sorry, Manuel. I just uh, had to share that this morning, but uh, I got a kick out of that. But you know, we've been talking about what makes good relationships, and and if you remember, we said in order to have good horizontal relationships, it has to start, uh, first of all, with with a good vertical relationship with God. If we don't get the vertical dimension right, we'll never get our horizontal uh, relationships right. Uh, But not only do we need to get our relationship with Christ right and with God right, uh, we need to kind of get that inner dimension right. We need to understand who we are and and that that we are a child of God and who we're not. Uh, Sometimes we get kind of puffed up in our relationships. But then the next week we talked about the fact that relation, good relationships start with us. We have to be the initiator. It starts with us. We have to think the best, believe the best about others. And we talked uh, the third week about love. If it's going to start with us, how do we treat others? We need to learn to love like Jesus did. Amen? And even love those who are not nice and kind and lovely to us. I don't know about you, but that's hard. Amen? That's hard, okay? I understand that. What, we're, what we've been talking about in this is, is not, doesn't mean it's easy, but it means that's what God calls us to. Jesus calls us to be different as his followers, amen? And, and, and so we then should not be like uh, the others who just love those who love them. We need to love everybody, no matter how they treat us. We're naturally following from that, we talked about our attitudes, that we come into any relationship with a prideful attitude, uh, that's not going to work well. We need to come with humble attitudes. And then last week, we talked about the fact that the absolute, essential, uh, indispensable element 
of relationships, of healthy, ongoing relationships is what? Forgiveness. That's right. Forgiveness. Forgiveness is absolutely necessary. If we are not willing to forgive others, then we're not going to be able to have lasting, ongoing, lifetime relationships. And so how do we know how to forgive? We know how to forgive because God has forgiven us. So this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to attempt to tie all this together. And we'll talk about some of the things we've been talking about and kind of put it all together. Uh, Hopefully put a nice bow on it, tie it, send you home. All right. So that's what we're going to do. The question we want to answer this morning is this. So we, we seek to do everything we can to uh, love others and be kind and nice to others. What do we do when we do everything that we can to have a good relationship with someone, but there remains something between us? What do we do when there's just something between us and someone else? You know, uh, you may not even know what it is, but you just sense that there's something there between you and that other person in the relationship. Uh, maybe you've tried to be nice to them, but they continue to just be rude or unkind or hurtful towards you. Or, you know, maybe it's just uh, the result of, 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 a, of a hurt that happened years ago. And maybe, uh, maybe, maybe you don't even remember what it was, but there's been something between you and that other person for a long time. What do we do when that happens? We're going to talk about that this morning. But I want to give you, I want to give you a quick caveat before we do that. Uh, the principles that we're going to talk about today are going to be kind of some general principles. Um, they're going to be general instruction to, to be applied by the people of God within the family of God. Amen? Uh, Jesus wants us to be one as a family, our church and uh, all believers in general. And so... Uh, the principles that we're going to be talking about today, especially how to work out uh, differences and and those when there's something between you and somebody else, uh, they're written uh, to, to to believers in relation to believers. Okay, uh, it doesn't they don't necessarily apply with unbelievers. Now, there are certainly aspects of the things that we're going to talk about today that will apply in all of your relationships, but but one of the things about us uh, about uh, between a believer and a believer is we have a common love. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? And we have a common call. That common call is to be Christ-like. And so when we seek to have good relationships with others, there is something else working in us outside of our own will and circumstances. Amen? So dynamics are different with just believers. I also want to say this. You know, when it comes to relationships, every situation is different. Amen? Every situation is different. Every relationship is different. Now, yeah, we have uh, relationships with our family, relationships with with, uh, uh, co-workers and so forth, and maybe relationships with with, with people we just run into in in contact. But uh, anytime a relationship, uh, something gets messed up in a relationship, Things are a little bit different. You know, it never ceases to remind, uh, to amaze me how many different ways we can mess up our lives. Are you like me? It never ceases to amaze me how many different ways we can mess up our lives. It never ceases to amaze me how many different ways we can also mess up relationships. Amen? And so the principles that we're going to talk about today, you know, I wish I could say that I could give you every scenario that there is and that you're going to run into. Guess what? I can't. 
And, you know, there's going to be little nuances and things that, that whatever. I want you to take the principles that we're going to talk about today from God's word. I want you to take them. But listen here, you're going to have to use godly wisdom. And you may have to seek some godly counsel to know how to apply these biblical principles to each and every individual situation. So let's get to it. What do we do? What do we do when there remains something between us and someone else? Well, look at your outline this morning. First of all, as much as we can, friends, I believe we should let love cover a multitude of sins. We talked about this in week three, that we are to love others as Christ has loved us, amen, and given himself for us. And so that is our call. That is our mandate is to love others even when they don't love us. Look at what First Peter chapter 4, verse 8 says. Peter writes simply, above all things. He's talking here and giving instructions, just various instructions uh, to the church and to the believers. He says, above all things have fervent love for one another. Uh, you can just hear that. He doesn't just say love one another, but he says have fervent love for one another. Ha- have have a, a love that initiates, a love that is, that is engulfing. Okay, we are, to, we are to love others with all of our heart. Amen? Why does he say that? Look at what it says next. It says, for what? Love will cover a multitude of sins. We always want other people to love us, right? We want other people to forgive us. We're just, we just don't always treat others that way. Here's what we need to realize. We all have faults. Amen? We all have faults. So, no matter which side of a conflict we are on, whether we are the offender or whether we are the offended, we need to let love cover a multitude of sins. Now, what does that mean? How how do we do that? Well, let's talk about that for just a minute. Let's look at it from both sides. Uh, Let's let's say that, that you are the offended. You know, if we're constantly on the offended side, if we're constantly feeling hurt or offended by others, we probably ought, and one way to be, to be loving is to try not to be so sensitive. Amen? You know, we probably need to toughen up a little bit. Now, some of you may, this may be difficult to hear, okay? But if we are constantly feeling hurt or offended by others, you see, we always tend to want to put the blame on the other person, don't we? Oh, I've never done anything wrong. It's always the other person. But if we're constantly feeling hurt or offended by others, then where do you think our focus may be too strong? On ourselves, right? You see, listen, we may, we're probably considering ourselves better than others rather than, as Jesus says, considering others better than ourselves. Amen? You see, here's the deal. When we love others, when we fervently love others, 1 Corinthians 13 says we are patient with them. Amen? We're patient with them. So that's a definition of love. When we love others, we are patient with them. When we love others, friends, we're not just concerned about ourselves and what happens to us and so forth. Maybe we need to get a little bit thicker skin, not be so focused on us. When we love others, we keep no record of wrongs. That's huge. Amen? That's huge. Uh, listen, we need to not be dragging up stuff from the past. We not need to say, but well, remember, you, you've, you always do this. That's a statement means you're keeping a record. You always do that. 
Friends, listen, very simply put, can I put it kind of in common vernacular? Love cuts people some slack. Amen? Love covers a multitude of sins. That's what it means from the offended side that love covers a multitude of sins. So, so let's take a look at the other side. However, what if you're on the other side? What if you're not uh, the offended, but what if you're the offender? If we find ourselves on that other end, if we think maybe our mindset is, yeah, pastor, people just need to toughen up. Or, or, or maybe if people are always coming to you saying that you've offended them, if that's a common occurrence in your life, then maybe you also need to show love. Amen? Maybe you need to learn how to love better. Maybe you need to learn how to be kind, how to be gentle, how to be compassionate, tender-hearted. Friends, listen, just like your mama told you, be nice to others. Amen? Be nice to them. Be kind. Be tender-hearted. Treat people as you would want to be treated. Because the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. You see, in other words, friends, when we are mean to others, and maybe we're rude to them, and we're just unkind to them, Here's what that is demonstrating in our lives. It is demonstrating that we are not walking in the Spirit. That we are not allowing God's Spirit to control us. And instead, we're acting in the flesh. And we're not being like Jesus as we ought. So friends, when we are kind, loving, gentle, compassionate to others, then that is when we are demonstrating love. We don't go around offending people all the time as friends because we are showing love and love covers a multitude of sins. Amen? Now, I believe that principle goes a long way. I believe love covers a multitude of sins goes a long way. But you may be saying, Pastor, listen, I've tried that. I've tried uh, I've tried to let I've tried to love them. I've tried to just kind of get over it. I've tried to just uh, let love cover multitude of sins, Pastor. But they just continue to be unkind to me. That person continues to be rude to me. Or maybe you're on the other end of the spectrum. You say, Pastor, you know I've been as nice as I can to them, but 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 there still seems to be something between us. What do I do? Well, friends, that's where we come to number two this morning. I believe Matthew chapter 18 gives us a prescription on what to do next, on how to handle that. So take a look at it with me, if you will. Matthew chapter 18. We're going to look at verse 15. Matthew chapter 18, verse 15 says this. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and the world. No? What does it say? says, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Friends, Jesus is very clear here on what our next step is, and that is to go to the other person privately. Go to the other person privately. Friends, in other words, we're not to go to someone else. Amen? We're not to start gossiping about what the other person did or what they might have done. Friends, we're not to bring other persons into the situation at this point. But Jesus says we are to approach the person who has offended us or with whom something's not right. And we are to speak with him or her alone. Now, you may say, Pastor, I could never do that. Pastor, I, I, just, I don't like confrontation. All right? Uh, how many of you in here kind of felt that way before? Pastor, I, I don't like confrontation. Okay? Well, friends, listen, I don't know many people who do. 
except maybe Donald Trump, okay? <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know many people who like confrontation. And so I want you to think about this. You don't like confrontation, then why are you allowing confrontation and, and antagonism to linger in the relationship? Friends, if you don't like confrontation, then go to them. All the more reason to end the confrontation and to make peace. Amen? All the more reason to work it out. You say, but, but pastor, approaching someone who's, who's, who's offended me and has made me mad, pastor, I can just tell you right now, that ain't going to go well. Maybe some of you are saying, pastor, I've tried that before. I've, I, I've done that before. I've, I've gone to that person and, and it just didn't go well. I can understand that. I agree. If you approach the other person with the wrong attitude and the wrong spirit, I guarantee you it won't go well. So there's two things I want you to keep in mind. Two things I want you to keep in mind. Number one, when, we, when you approach the other person, you need to approach them with the right goal in mind. You need to approach them with the right goal in mind. You see, friends, here's how most people, when they go to carry out Matthew 18, they've got an agenda. And they may even have a knife and a gun carrying with them. Okay? Why? Because they're ready to fight. And they're going, and they're going with an accusatory attitude, and they're wagging their finger. And Listen, you've hurt me, and, and, and you've offended me, and you better apologize right now. Now, let me ask you something. Somebody comes to you like that, how are you going to respond? Whoa, 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 whoa. Right? We're going to be very defensive. Absolutely. That's not what Matthew 18 is saying at all. In fact, friends, if you'll look at what verse 15 says at the end, it says, Go to him, go tell him his fault between you him and you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. Friends, the purpose in going to that to the person, listen, is not to scold them. It's not to call them out. It's not to fight. It's not even to accuse them, friends. But the purpose and the goal of going to them is there was a relationship that was broken and you want to reconcile that. You want to restore that relationship. We need to always remember what the goal that Christ has given us. You want to gain your brother or sister. Amen? So you go with the right goal That means that you go wanting reconciliation. You go trying to work things out. Second of all, not only do we need to approach them with the right goal in mind, friends, but we also need to approach them with the right spirit. With the right spirit. You see, context is everything. Context is everything. The parable just before the passage we're talking about is the parable of the lost sheep. That deals with the goal. The goal is to win your brother, all right? Just as the goal is in that previous passage to to, to save the lost sheep, right? And then the parable Jesus tells after this, the parable he tells after this is, 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 is deals with the right spirit. We referred to this last week as the parable of the unforgiving servant. In other words, friends, we talked about this. Remember, it was the servant who had, 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 had been forgiven so much, an exorbitant amount. And then he went out and found somebody who owed him just a little bit. And did he forgive him? 
Not at all. He didn't. In fact, he held him accountable and said, throw him into jail. And what did it say? Look over in the passage, Matthew chapter 18. Look at verse 34. Actually, let's just start back in verse 33. It says, should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? Verse 34 said, his master was angry, delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. Verse 35, so my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you, underline this, from his heart, does not forgive his brother his trespasses. If each of you, from his heart, does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Friends, so when we approach somebody, we need to approach them with forgiveness already in our heart. Amen? You see, here's what we normally do. We normally go to the other person with the idea and the attitude of, well, if, if they're sorry, then I'll forgive them. Or if they ask for forgiveness or if they repent, then yeah, depending on how sorry and how repentant they are, then, then I might forgive them. But what Jesus says here and what the scripture says, friends, is this, that Christ calls us to go with forgiveness already in our heart. It's a heart issue. Amen. Some people say, well, pastor, do I need to forgive them if they're not sorry? Absolutely you do. Because you holding a grudge, you holding anger or bitterness in your heart does absolutely nothing to them. Who does that hurt? Hurts you. We talked about that last week. So absolutely we need to forgive them. So going with the, we need to go to them with the right spirit. Friends, we need to deal with the offense in our heart first before we ever go to the one who hurt, hurt us. If we don't, if we go with anger and bitterness in our heart, and, and, and an, if we go with an accusative spirit, what do you think is going to happen? They're going to be defensive, right? But if we go with love and forgiveness already in our heart, then there's a greater chance of winning our brother and restoring the relationship. So, how does this work out? Here's our tendency. Our tendency is to go to somebody and say, listen, you did this to me. I can't believe you did this. You hurt me. Uh, I, I, I can't believe it. I, you need to forgive me. They're going to be defensive, right? So how do we go? Pastor, what does this mean? How, how do we do this? I'm just giving you an example. There's nothing magical about the words here and so forth. But uh, how about going to the person and saying something like this? You know, Tom, I really value our relationship. And... Um, you know, Tom, I, I, I value our relationship. I want our relationship to be good. I, you, know, I, I, you know, the other day when we were, we were at the park and we were talking and you said whatever, and, 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 and you said that. And Tom, I know you probably didn't even mean this, but what you said really hurt me. Now, if you go like that to somebody, how are they, somebody generally going to respond? Oh, Pastor, I, I, I'm really, really sorry. Let me tell you how soft of a heart this man has. He's come to me several times, okay, and apologized for something that he said that he thought might have offended me that, that actually I didn't th- give a second thought to. Friends, that's the kind of heart we need to have, amen? And so if we have a heart of gentleness and love and forgiveness and we're not holding a grudge and we're not going to somebody with anger and bitterness in our heart, but we go to them Already doing business. Because listen, friends, do not, let me say this, do not carry out Matthew chapter 18 if you still got unforgiveness in your heart. Don't do it. 
I promise you it won't go well. You say, oh, pastor, listen, if we do it, in, listen, if you, whatever you do in the flesh, I promise it won't go well. But if, if we remember how great our sin is against God, and if we understand and feel the weight of our sin, and then we also have felt the weight of that sin taken off because Christ has forgiven us, how then can we not also forgive those who have wronged us? Amen? When we go with that kind of a spirit, now do you see how Christian relationships are supposed to work? Now, when we go like that, people are more apt to receive it well. People are more apt to repent if they've done something wrong when they're approached with humility and forgiveness. You may say, but pastor, what if? What if it doesn't go well? What if, what if they don't? Now, obviously, not, not everything is going to go. I, in my experience, most things stop right there. That solves it, you know? And here's why. Because as believers, now let's take it from the other side for just a minute. What if somebody comes to me and they, they, they approach me? Now, sometimes uh, if they may approach in the wrong way. We still need to keep the right spirit and understand and show grace. But, but if somebody comes to me and says, Pastor, listen, you may not realize this, but we were talking the other day and you said such and such. And, 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 and I know you probably didn't mean to, but Pastor, that, that really hurt me what you said. My attitude and my heart ought to be not, what did I say? I'm not apologizing for something I didn't say. <laughs> that shouldn't be my heart at all. My heart should be, you know what? I'm really sorry. I, I had no idea that I offended you. But if something that I said hurt you, that's the last thing I want to do. And that ought to be our heart. Amen? And if it's not, then I've got a problem. Right? So let's do it. Let's get right with God. Then we get right to others. But what do we do? What do we do if it doesn't go well? What if we do if they, they don't say that they're sorry? What do we do if, if they say, listen, I don't want a relationship with you. I don't, wanna, I don't care about having a good relationship with you. Well, friends, fortunately, the scripture lays out what we're to do next. Now, listen, I'm going to just caveat this just a little bit and saying, I know some of you would want me to dive deep into these next few verses. Okay? I'm not going to do it. And I'm sorry for that for some of you that want that. Um, this is not a sermon on church discipline. This is a sermon on relationships. So we're going to talk about what the next steps are, okay, and, and, and refer to that a little bit. Understand that there's a lot more here than what we're going to really dive into this morning. But here's what Scripture says. If somebody, if it doesn't go well, you've gone to that person, you've gone in a right spirit and a right heart, and uh, for whatever reason it has not gone well, then, then what does it say? Next steps, look at verse 15, 16, excuse me. Look at verse 16. Verse 16 says, But if he will not hear, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. So what, is our, what does the Scripture say is our next step? If, if, they, if he will not hear, our next step is to ask for help from others. Now, at this point, I want you to notice we're still to keep the circle small. Amen? It says, take with you one or two more. Now, why, why, why does Scripture say that? Is that just so that we can gang up on them? We can begin to gang up? No, not at all. In fact, many times the reason we need to go to one or two other people is first we need to kind of seek counsel from them if this has not gone well. Because guess what? Maybe it is that I'm wrong. Maybe it's I'm wrong. 
and I'm, I'm thinking something or I'm approaching somebody at something and I haven't gotten my heart right. Or I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this and I am in the wrong. Friends, so here's the deal. We need to keep a humble attitude and always, even if we have to go back to them with somebody else. Again, what's the goal? What's the goal? Reconciliation, right? The goal is reconciliation. The goal is not to gang up on them. What kind of spirit should we go in with? We should go with a forgiving spirit, a loving spirit. Amen? You say, but pastor, what if it doesn't go well with that? Well, Scripture tells us what next. Look at verse 17. It says, if he still will not hear. In other words, what is saying here when not go, if, if, if there's still no repentance, if there's still no uh, making up, all right? Now, listen. You don't have to kiss, all right? In fact, you know, I, uh, uh, I uh, was listening to somebody the other day, and they, and they, 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 they went and they said, you know what? They were, they were trying to make up with somebody, and, and they, they, they stuck out their hand, and, and, and the person just didn't want to shake hands with them. And they, they said, you know what? I just really don't think shaking hands is biblical. So you know what they did next? They reached and grabbed them and gave them a big kiss, all right? Sorry, I DJ. I just, so, uh, listen, that, the, the goal is reconciliation, right? Uh, not necessarily a holy kiss, okay? But what do we do? Verse 17 says, if he refuses to hear them, what does it say? Tell it to the church. Tell it to the church. So, take it to the leaders of the church. Now, let me just say this. Very few instances should reach this point, amen? We always need to remember, even if it does... The goal is still what? Reconciliation. It is reconciliation. Repentance, reconciliation, and the spirit should always be love and a spirit of forgiveness, a heart of forgiveness that we've already done business with God. Friends, we should never, Matthew chapter 18 here is never about winning a case. It's never about taking somebody into a courtroom, all right? And if what follows from there and what we call church discipline has to happen, that is only a last resort after there is severe uh, disobedience and unrepentance on the part of a person. Friends, we've now given them every opportunity to want to have a good relationship and to make things right. Amen? Listen, relationships cannot always be restored. I believe that's what God wants. I believe God wants us to have good relationships, friends, but they can't always be restored because other people are not always willing. But as far as depends upon us, as far as it's coming from our end, we should be willing. We should always have forgiveness in our heart and reconciliation as our goal. Amen? Amen. Listen, I understand this is a little heavy this morning. Relationships are difficult. When there are broken, fractured, messed up relationships, they're even more difficult. God calls us as Christians to a higher calling. Amen? He calls us to a higher calling. He calls us to be unified as believers. I want you to, I want to close this morning. I want you to turn over to John chapter 17. John chapter 17, we get a unique privilege. We get a very unique privilege. We get an opportunity to listen in on a conversation that Jesus is having with his heavenly father. 
How awesome is that? Isn't that awesome? I want you to think about that. We get to listen in on a conversation between two members of the Godhead, God the Son and God the Father. I would tend to say that this is probably pretty important. Amen? Jesus has been talking to his disciples. He's been giving them instruction uh, in the upper room. Just a few days before he was crucified. And he turns here in John chapter 17 to praying for them. And he prays for them. And then here in verse 20 of John chapter 17, he begins praying for us. I want you to look at what he prays here. Look at what he says, John chapter 17, verse 20. Remember, we're just getting a snapshot. We're getting to listen in on Jesus talking to the Father. Verse 20 says, I do not pray for these alone, meaning the 12, or actually now the 11. He says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. So who's he talking about? All of us. Verse 21 that they all may be one. As you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. So what's he saying there? He's praying for us to be one, for us to be unified, close-knit Tight, you're talking about what kind of oneness? The same oneness that God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, and God the Son experience. That's tight, amen? We need to be tight. Verse 23, I and them and you and me, that they may be made perfect in one. Look at this, very important right here. That the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Why is he praying for that? Why does he call us to be one? Why does he call us to be unified as believers? So that the world may know that the Father has sent the Son into the world. How important is it, friends, that our relationships, but believer to believer, are good relationships? It's of vital importance. Because what the world sees of our relationships, friends, what the world sees gives testimony to whether Jesus is who he said he is. I don't know about you, but that is extremely convicting. Amen? Here's our tendency. Our tendency is this. Whenever somebody hurts us or says something mean to us, our tendency is to do one of two things. First, we avoid them, don't we? We avoid them. You know, we, we, we walk the other way. We go somewhere else. We try not to see them. Or we break off the relationship altogether. Maybe you've left a job over a difficult relationship. Maybe you've broken off a friendship. Maybe you've even left a church because a relationship went bad. Friends, God calls us to a higher calling. I want to challenge you this morning. I want to challenge you, let's not be like the world. Amen? Let's, let's be what Christ has called us to be. Let's be one as, as He and the Father are one. Let's love one another. Listen, if there's something between us and somebody else, then guess what? We need to get it right. Amen? 
We need to get it right. Let's not give the devil a foothold in our lives and in this church. And friends, if that is going to be the case, then we need to love each other. We need to forgive each other. And we need to learn how to work things out. Amen. God demonstrated his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, when we were still rebellious, running from him, doing our own thing, when we were still hating on God, he was loving on us. He sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. Friends, let's never forget that. That is the example that we are called to follow. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. Lord, we thank you for loving us even when we weren't lovable. For loving us even when we were mean, ugly, unkind, hateful, rebellious against you. Lord, you say that you have loved us and are willing to forgive us. How then can we not love others, be willing to forgive them? Lord, as we come before you today, Lord, I just pray for each and every person in here. Lord, I know that there are relationships in each and every one of our lives, Lord, that are broken, fractured, that are scarred. Lord, change our heart. Change our heart, Lord, to, 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 to make it tender, to make it soft, to be a heart willing to forgive. Lord, we're always pointing the finger at others and saying, they've done this and they've hurt me and they did this. But we tend to forget that anger, bitterness, unforgiveness, all of that, Lord, is a sin against you. So please forgive us. Lord, make our heart soft. Repair the relationships in our lives, Lord, that have gone bad. Work in our heart first, Lord, and we also pray for the other person. Lord, and I know that uh, this morning, I'm sure there's a lot of broken relationships, Lord, that are represented here. Lord, we pray for the other person in that relationship, that you would work on their heart, that you would give them a desire to want to reconcile, Lord, that relationship. Lord, do a miracle in our lives, do a miracle in our hearts today as you draw us close to you and you mold our lives and our relationships into what you want them to be. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Here's what we're going to do this morning, something just a little bit different. We're going to open up our altar for you to come and pray. Brother Mark's already here. Brother Tom, Brother Chris Kripe, I'm going to ask you guys to come if you will. Maybe you want to come and you want one of our pastors, one of our leadership team, myself, to, to come and pray with you about a relationship that, that, that is strained. I'll just leave it there. Would you just come, tap them on the shoulder, ask them to say, would you come and pray with me? They're going to be here. We're here to just do business with God. Amen? Let's not leave here.
without first getting our hearts right. And then maybe, maybe you need to just sit right where you are. And when we can stand here in a second, maybe you just need to remain sitting. And you need to ask God how, how to work to right a wrong relationship. Remember, first got to do business here. So whatever it is, friends, let's stand together. Unless you need to do business with God, you just stay there. You come. Maybe there's something else God's working on your heart about, friends. Maybe about your relationship with Christ itself. Boy, we'd love to talk with you about that as well. Whatever it is, would you come as we sing?